have a limited amount of time with this person they should be treasured let me play my part check two eight like is that real did that happen like the structure of your brain actually changes and do you still feel that every day and then it got time for guitars eating disorder like i didn't want to die tendencies but i didn't want to live Girl. You gotta go in the hospital. You feel powerless because the body has a fear reaction. The opportunity to empower. No one can take away my power. I won't take myself out. Artists that are true like that, those are the ones that tend to like create change. I'd like to back up and kind of, I think it's fascinating the way we met. Oh, yeah. It's kind of weird, right? Uh -huh. So yeah. Kel had passed, and I'll do like a formal introduction. We'll get into your background yeah. and your professional everything, but uh, here with Carmen Brzezinski. This is field audio. We're at the University of Wisconsin Lacrosse. Just found a corner um, to have this podcast. It's beautiful outside. If it was summer, I think we'd just be strolling. <laughs> For sure. Um, so it was... Uh, God, what year was it? We were shooting the documentary. I was preparing for the documentary. And then you just, like, somehow found me on Facebook, right? Um, and said, I've got some... I said, you're Kel's yeah. wife. I just found out what happened. Yeah. Do you remember how it went down? Yeah. Um, well, how I actually came about it is that um, I had looked for Kelly on, like, social media off and on over the years um, and never found her. And then, so I had actually taken some of my old home VHS tapes and wanted to convert them to DVD. And so I had taken them to a gentleman, and he had converted them, and one of them was actually Kelly singing. Yeah, so that's that was that interesting. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, to be like, it was a year after she had passed, and to have someone just come out of the woodwork, I guess it makes sense for it to happen now and then, but I thought it was pretty cool for someone to come out of the woodwork and be like, I've got what probably is the first recording of her yeah. singing yeah. in any serious way. You know, I'm sure there's kid right. stuff of just parties and things, but... For sure. Um, and then to have that sent to me <laughs> and get to see, right. she had her little rock star haircut, remember? <laughs> it was super side. long, but the sides were shaved, yeah. cut under. And she, was, <laughs> had she had like a skater look on. Underneath hair gone. That's, yeah, that, that's what we did at that time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's, that's how you did that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> she could sing. Oh, yeah, for sure. So you guys were young yep. troublemakers. Yep. We met in inpatient treatment. Met in rehab. Mm -hmm. uh, and, yep. In Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin. Yeah, so it's fitting that we're, I don't know if close to Chippewa Falls. I, for how close I look, live to Wisconsin, <laughs> I was just telling Carmen how embarrassed I am that, like, I don't know lacrosse <laughs> from Milwaukee. Right. I don't know shit. It's like someone saying, you're in Minneapolis. Is that, so can we just meet in Duluth? <laughs> no, we can't. You idiot. Nope. Uh, so <laughs> Chippewa, well, where is that? Um, is that it's is past it still Eau Claire open? a little bit. No, it's tore past down now. It's, that place is gone? Yeah, the place where we were at was tore Otherwise, down. I'd drive out there and maybe just like, I know. it would be it's cool to just stand anymore. there for a minute. Year, uh, years ago, I can't remember how long we drove through there for something and, yep, it was gone. 
I'm one of those old people that's <coughs> complaining about buildings that no longer exist. Yeah. When I was young, I would think what a curiosity my <coughs> my grandparents were for referring, giving directions, referring to things that are no longer there. Landmarks, you right? don't mean at the old hardware store. Well, right. there's there's a Walgreens. <laughs> it was Tom's Hardware for 50 years. Like, right. do I have to explain this to you? Like, and now I'm like, mm-hmm. remember where Guitar Center was? <laughs> This old person talking about things that aren't there anymore. No, the old guitar center. Oh, that is too funny. Yeah, it was a massive, it was like a massive apartment complex. Like, it was the most interesting place. I didn't understand it when I got there. I thought I was going to be in some, like, locked facility or, Yeah, like, you know, rehab was basically, was, like, jail right. for druggies, mm-hmm. right? Right. But it wasn't. What was it like? It was, there was, like, apartment complex, like, apartments. It was an apartment building with, like, a massive room like a gathering room and a kitchen and then uh, you know there was different inlets of apartments mm-hmm. you just didn't have like a locked door on your apartment so her and I met through somebody that had been at the treatment center for a while she came over to visit this person and then like oh my god you guys are so similar you need to meet <laughs> you know all that stuff and you were into music right uh-huh yeah yeah I actually used to do music like I've taken, you know, I learned how to play the guitar, the piano, different things. Um, so, yeah, we both like music and we both like the same kind of music. Well, she, obviously, if she's she was 18 and fresh out of rehab, and I know at that time period she was, like, literally just starting to deal with knowing some things that yeah. had taken place right. and getting that knowledge for the first time. Yeah. So I can't imagine the psychological burden on her. At that time, you know. Right, and, and then not wanting to go home and not knowing where to go. And and just the pain of just being in Wisconsin for mm-hmm. any reason. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm putting my own wife's history together <laughs> just right here in front of the entire world. No, I mean, I know some of this stuff. Yeah. But it it warms my heart a little bit to know that she had at least a few people she could talk to about it. Because mm-hmm. even today, it's 20 years later. Like, Jesus, 25 years later. Yeah. And, uh... It's still hard. Like, I interview Mm -hmm. people just in the last few months who are like, what I'm about to tell you, I've never said to anyone before. I'm like, you don't have to. It's up to you. And they're like, no, 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 I'm ready. Yeah. So I think 25 years ago, it was even worse. Right. I got to look up the history, but I think think that I saw that there wasn't such diagnosis as PTSD until the 80s. I'd have to look it up because I don't want to put any false information out there. But it's just the concept of it is still very new. It's within Mm -hmm. my lifetime. Mm Mm-hmm. So there she is. It's 1993. She's got her grunge look going. She's got, she knows she's got a talent. She knows she can play, mm-hmm. but she's trying to put her mind back together. Yeah. So what was that like for you going through whatever you were going through, whatever you feel like sharing is up to oh, you? Oh, sure. And then also being a friend to her. Um, well, I was kind of at the point, um, I had done enough, um, let's say, messing up or fucking up or making mistakes I was just glad that finally somebody made me do something different because at that point you almost feel like you don't know how to stop or you don't know what to do differently, so you just keep doing what you're doing because you don't know anything different. So when I went to treatment, I was actually, like, ready, but I was still Hmm. one of them, like, angsty, you know. It was, like, late teens for me because I was a couple years younger than Kelly, so I was angsty and didn't want to follow rules. So 
I ended up staying at this treatment center for nine months because... You were, you were grateful for help, but not that grateful. <laughs> right. I was like, I'm so glad I don't have to anymore, but wait. <laughs> Let me figure out how far I can actually like break the rules. <laughs> how much ready to rebuild their personality is any 17-year-old yes. or whatever you were. So like, that, yeah. So then I, I kept getting treated like a... You know, I was like 12 because they took my stereo away because I would play my music too loud or... <laughs> Kelly would get me in trouble because we'd be jamming out or playing music too loud, and they come up and now you know you got you guys got to take a break from each other because yes. you just spend too much time together. It's just a little <laughs> sense of continuity in my life to know she was always in trouble somewhere for music being too loud. Mm-hmm. Because I remember the last band practice I remember her ever ever having. Um, she was in a horrible mood, and uh, everything was crumbling around her. She was getting sicker and sicker, and no one knew yet. She didn't know yet. And so that was starting to crash down around her. And I remember her, one of her guitar players goes, how long are we playing tonight? And she just scowled and said, till the cops come. <laughs> and now this is your memory of her. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, yeah. What did you guys listen to? Um, I think the first way we figured it out was like Nine Inch Nails. That so I, had, I, had, I only had owned a couple of CDs left at that point because I had probably pawned them or sold them or forgot them or lost them or broke them. Right. Um, so, yeah, Nine Inch Nails, Pretty Hate Machine, um, and Ani DeFranco, um, Live, um, Alice in Chains, Soundgarden, <laughs> that sort of stuff. Right. Yeah. Not much has changed. Nope. <laughs> Tool, of course. So you guys were, were just starting. Oh, were they? Ninety three? I think so. Like getting to be known, like mainstreamer. Yeah. More mainstream. That wasn't a word I made that up. That was a Minnesota word, sorry. More mainstream? Mainstreamer. Mainstreamer? <laughs> than they were before. It's a spectrum. Um so you were going through certain things and you said you're glad to be in treatment. Yeah. And she was just on the tail end of it. Do you remember her attitude towards it herself? Like was she? I, I mean, she's always she rebellious. really wanted it. She was, you know, scared at the time though. Um, didn't know quite what to do about it. So, but ha- we had fun. You know, like we that was that was really important. Is that they always they always wanted you to have fun. They didn't want you to always take it so seriously. The people who ran that place. Yes. Oh, it seems kind of progressive, right? Yeah. So that's kind of cool. You know, we would meet up at like meetings or. They would let us go places or, you know, when you got to a certain point at being in this treatment center, you could just go out, like leave, Um, you know. So we would go play music or go to a meeting or go have coffee or go do something silly or whatever. So, but yeah, um, we got in trouble a couple of times for breaking rules, of course. So then they would tell me I couldn't talk to her. Jesus, that's your punishment. No more Kelly. Right? So then I would get in trouble because I'd keep trying to find ways to talk to her. <laughs> <laughs> was she sober? Or yeah. was it was it a struggle? No, she was sober. She had um, relapsed, I guess, once before I got there because she had been there for a little while. I saw like, you. Had, u- yeah. had used again. Um, she did some stupid shit at that time period. Oh, yeah. Like she was on some real stuff. Yeah. Because um, I knew... When we were together, she wasn't, obviously, I don't do that. I've never been on anything yeah. of any kind. And I don't really live in that world. But to know that she had known that and knew mm-hmm. what all that stuff felt kind of freaked me out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like someone said E, and she knew that stood for ecstasy, and that right. pissed me off. I was yeah. like, what kind of person knows that? 
never say that again. That's what right. Cal, that shit will kill you. And she was like, oh, baby, you're so innocent. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> We're yeah. good for each other. Right, for sure. Because I'm sheltered, but I don't, sure. I don't do that shit. Right. And I don't think people are trying to put their mind back together. I find it hard enough in a clear head uh-huh. to do so. Absolutely. I can understand a short-term escape, but in the end, it's just more bullshit, right? Yeah. And now you're an addiction counselor. Mm-hmm. So and I'm more. So I fast-forward it a little bit. Okay. But I'm curious, like, okay, well, we'll go backwards for a little longer because I'm okay. still tr- interested in, like, sure. what she said to me was, I said, the stuff you were on is, like, people spend their whole lives trying to stay off of that, try to stay clean from that. Like, why, do you, why are you so casual about You used to be on this, and, and you've never thought about it again since. You don't seem like you have cravings. You don't, you don't strike me as a drug addict. Like, I don't yeah. still today think of her that way, even though I know right. she went to rehab. And she said... The addiction, like, that's really got me is the eating disorder. Mm-hmm. That's what really, really has me by the throat. And as soon as I had my memories, as soon as I knew what had happened to me, I realized that if I just was in a cycle of using and going to drug rehab the rest of my life on and off, I'd be hiding from what I really know. Yeah. And I have to go get this eating disorder taken care of and right. figure out what am I going to do about it now. Right. And I would say she spent the rest of her life in that battle. Well, the approach that we take, I guess, like... Comparatively, you know, I actually, they don't, they don't provide treatment the way that they used to provide treatment years ago. There's no way that you could go, like I said, I was there for nine months. There's no way that would happen anymore. Insurance companies won't pay. State funding isn't available for that sort of stuff anymore like it used to be. Wow. So it was, you know, it was pretty comprehensive, right? Like, so I had used a little bit after that. Like, I'd stayed sober for a while and actually, you know, Kelly and I had stayed connected for a period of time after we were both done, and she went back to the cities, and I went back home. Um, We would stay connected. She would come visit me, and I would go visit her sort of stuff. Um, And then my mom actually passed away when I was 19, and so that's kind of how we fell off. Like, we sort of started love's contact after that because I went down you know, a rabbit hole of crazy depression and different things. And you went to your normal vices? Um, at no, time, at that no? point, no, I was sober. Um, I had been about a year sober. And. God, that's tough. Yeah. That's kind of how we ended up falling off. And I hadn't known. Um, so just, I guess, a little bit. I don't know if I ever told you this part that I just remembered. So a while ago, while she was actually going through the cancer treatments, I didn't know this, right? 2015. Right. So. I had sent her a message on LinkedIn because I had found a profile because I somehow, like I said, I tried to like find her because we were like, you know, connected. Um, But my name had changed and all kinds of stuff because I got married uh, like younger. So um, I sent her a message and she actually sent me a message back. 2015? Yeah. So you didn't know she was sick? I didn't know that. You didn't know. So here's why. In 2015, because I didn't know what way she went. I didn't know if it got, like, the using had gotten worse. I hadn't, I didn't know. Oh, okay. So, you know, I sent a message, something to the effect of, you know, holy crap, I finally found you, whatever, you know, um, is this, you know, this Kelly or whatever. And, and she responded with, you know, tell me a story because I'm not quite sure who you are. Right. And so then I'm like, oh, no, did she go back to using? Tell me a story. Mm. But then finding out that it was actually because of cancer treatment. Chemo brain? Yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. So she was in the middle of like maybe, do you know what month it was? Because I have that time period pretty memorized. 
I could look. Well, if she wanted star- me to while we keep talking. Uh, I mean, it's not it's not the end of the world. By April, she was definitely in chemo, and by May, she could barely walk. And then she spent most of that summer trying to walk again, and then passed in August. And the last chemo was right. the day before her birthday. Round six was July second. So if you had caught her in the early summer or midsummer, she had had a lot of chemo right. by then. And I never like sent her a message back because I'm like, oh, oh, you didn't respond, right? Because oh, I thought it was because. Oh. of her using. I didn't know that it wasn't that. And right? now you look back and you're like, oh, God, that's right. why she didn't, why yeah. she had such a weird answer. And that's why I took it hard oh, I'm when sorry I first got that. a hold of you, you know, because well, I mean, I'm like, you... oh, my God, I fuck up. Like, you know, like I was so like, why didn't I just say something back? Yeah, when we first met, you were you were all about like, I, I should have tried harder to stay in touch. Right. I feel so guilty now. You just never know yeah. how much time anyone has, and now I feel horrible. I was like, mm-hmm. don't blame yourself. You don't. You can't expect everyone you've ever cared about to tip over dead at 40 years old. Right. You can't hate yourself over this. Right. No, I get that, but it was, it was just one of those, you know, gut-wrenching, like, oh, I can't believe I did that, you yeah. know? Well, have you let go of a little of that regret in yeah. the last couple of years? Yep, I don't have any cell phone service here. <laughs> <laughs> so that's your background with her music, mm-hmm. um, trying to get better, doing bad things, and she, a little bit of everything. When I graduated from treatment, she sang at my treatment graduation. And Was that that recording you gave me? Mm-hmm. Aww. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, the song you guys wrote together. Yeah. It's pretty sweet. And then she sang that Lenny Kravitz song. Yeah. Yeah. Better than him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I like her voice. Um, so did she strike you as far as her personality at the time? I'm curious how much of a person is just who they are and it's always the same and how yeah. much a person grows. Um, like, she did she have that internal will that this isn't going to hold me down, I'm going to get through this somehow? Oh, yeah. That strength. Yeah. You recognized it? Oh, for sure. We, we were both like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did you see her as someone that you know is going to get clean and go out and do something? I knew she was going to do something, but I also knew that music world wasn't, wasn't going to be easy, you know? To be clean and... Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't know mm-hmm. for sure how that would go for her. She's also not a person who looked around and tried to fit in with whatever anyone no, was doing. Once she sure. made up her mind, she couldn't care right. less, you know? Yeah. Um, she didn't care what everyone no. else was doing. <laughs> <laughs> I see that hasn't changed. <laughs> No, no, that was always the same. That's why we always got in trouble. <laughs> F the system stuff. F the system. Do you know, she's not a person who can be told what to do. No. Take it from her wife. Um, we didn't tell each other what to do. That's, that's why we got right. along. We didn't sure. infantilize you each other like, at all. Yeah. She didn't tell me what to do. She didn't, like, why do you keep your shoes over there and put, you know, blah, 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 the dishes. We just, all this bullshit you hear about married couples. Right. It's not us at all. Yeah. I don't know what everyone's yelling at each other for. Right. Just you have a limited amount of time with this person. Um, they should be treasured. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can't, then it's time to allow somebody else to. I like that. Yeah. Um, so she got her memories. Um, and then you guys lost contact. But while you guys were hanging out, do you have any sense of what that was like for her? I'm sure she would go maybe. into what like they would call flashbacks, um, sort of like um, almost like a, it was like a disassociation. She would sort of, dis, not sort of, she would disassociate um, and 
kind of going to these like tremors and like go away and like not remember the, what she just did or remember where she went sort of stuff. Did she, she ever look around and, and look like, how did I get here? Like she was walking? No, it wouldn't sort of happen when she was walking, but I, you know, not using drugs anymore to cope, right? It's sort of going to have things just come out whether you want them or not. And that's one thing where I feel like she wasn't getting help in Chippewa Falls mm -hmm. because there wasn't, I didn't feel like there was somebody that was like necessarily, me, me being 15 years old or 16 years old is thinking, you need help somewhere else. <laughs> Did they have a, so let's talk about what treatment really is. Because um, yeah. there's this, I think of it as like an estuary where there's, there's drugs, there's trauma, mm -hmm. there's all this stuff going on. Right. Not every drug addict has horrible traumatic background not every drug addict is going to fall into a flashback not everyone with uh drug addiction has an eating disorder but there's this estuary mm -hmm. where those three things swirl around together mm -hmm. and that was where Kel was at that time mm -hmm. did the treatment that she was getting because first he made it sound like it was way better because the money hadn't gotten into the system the way it has now yeah but now you're saying to treat the was addiction there a trauma track there mm -hmm. no there was nothing they didn't understand no, what she was, was carrying no, it was, if I, if I can recall in my memory, obviously that far back, there was just people who treated the addiction there. No, but it wasn't, there wasn't, the term dual diagnosis hadn't happened yet. Everybody really? was under the belief that, um, you know, you, you treated the addiction and then like later on got like therapy for like, you know, the other stuff, your mental health, whatever that, you know, they didn't really address that. They attempted to address it through step work, which wasn't... What does that mean? Um, like 12-step, like AA oh, or sorry. NA or... Mm -hmm. okay. So, and that didn't really work because there's a certain step that actually re-traumatizes a person um, when they're going through the process of, like, getting clean and stuff. And so they don't, they suggest, you know, like, guidelines is, you know, wait a whole year before you do that step. Um, but most of the time, treatment centers try to push you through it. So, Step eight? I don't know. Four. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, that'll hit you. Mm-hmm. So, um... <laughs> you can spend years on that one. Right. So, and that one ends up sending people out to relapse, too. Because they have to really, really... Yeah. You're going to make me write this shit down? Right. Okay. So, they sort of re-traumatized you in that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, and the other thing about it is, you know, I mean, they did a good job at, like, teaching you different ways of coping and like being around people and what it was like to live without being around drugs or, you know, stuff like that. Like they did a, we would have groups or, but the individual counseling wasn't necessarily about anything other than like how to stay sober or why you used or, you know, things like that. But then there wasn't, from my memory, that doesn't mean that it was real, that they didn't really work on the other aspects of like, cause you know, using drugs is a symptom. Yeah. Using drugs isn't the problem. Hmm. It's just a symptom. Acting out and eating disordered behavior is a symptom. It's not a problem, but we treat it as a problem in like yeah. culture. I see that a lot. Mm -hmm. Well, you and I have a lot of similar opinions about what could maybe improve about the eating disorder space. Mm -hmm. um, well, right. now that we're into this stuff, I know we're going to keep bouncing back in time, back and forth, but, uh, why don't we give, like, your full professional background now? Sure. So I say a lot of things interchangeably that aren't correct, like counselor and therapist and clinical psychologist and this and that. Can you lay it out for me? 
I will try, <laughs> even though I don't know. <laughs> okay, so, so you, you're one of the ones who went the positive way and now yeah. you help other people. Right. That's why you're on the show. Right. So I, I call myself a clinical therapist. See, I don't yeah, know. That could be, right. I, that I could be a clinical social worker. I could be a counselor. I could be a mental health therapist. I could be a therapist. I mean. You have the education to call yourself all those are, things. Words are, yeah, yeah. We don't really, I don't know. I, 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 maybe counselor was a thing if you were like a bachelor's or something. I don't know, but I have a master's degree now, so I don't know if that's what qualifies me as getting to call myself a therapist. <laughs> and I'm in the field, so that's my answer. <laughs> I don't know for sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, in t- when I was 25, I went back to school and got my bachelor's degree, got a job working in an inpatient treatment center, got experience, got addiction counselor license. That's where the counselor part would come in. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they just use it as status words. So, um, so, so I don't have to feel like I'm misusing a phrase. No. All right. Well, I feel less dumb already. Right. So a, a psychologist is a person who gets a PhD in psychology. Oh, so you are not a clinical psychologist. No. Psychologist is PhD automatically. Right. So if someone's a master's degree and they, they say, well, I'm a psychologist, I can say, you're full of shit. If they have a PhD. If in, they have a master's only. Right. If they have a master's <laughs> I'm only. I'm use this to take people down. <laughs> <laughs> I have a helpful. master's in, social, in clinical social work. Mm-hmm. So that's where I identify. The other world I don't really know a whole lot about. I got my bachelor's in psychology, so I got a bachelor's of science in psychology and decided to go on to get my master's in social work instead. Okay, so that's your background. Yep. Now, I want to talk about what's gotten better about treatment and what's gotten worse and how it's changed over time, but first I want to go back to what you were just saying because we were kind of getting into it there with like, so you're a friend of hers. You don't have the education yet. You're staying clean yourself. Yeah. You know, she's been through something. I don't know what she told you Mm -hmm. or what you feel comfortable saying. Um, but you knew that she had had something and that she was just now learning it. Right. Like you, even at, at, I mean, you're a smart person. Even when you were young, I'm guessing you went, oh, this is where the using is coming from. Yeah. Oh yeah. Did you notice she didn't fucking eat? Oh yeah. Did everyone say to her, like, what was it like for her at that time period? No one talked about it like they do now. <coughs> right. Um, what, what do you think it was like for her at that so age? So I didn't get to see like... I, I knew there was, we, we knew there was an eating issue, um, but we didn't, I didn't, I never got to directly experience the extent of it because I wasn't in treatment with her. Yeah. Just hanging out. Did so, you ever notice like you want a Taco Bell and she never fucking did? <laughs> I'm just a day in right? the life. No, no, no. no yeah. This is, I'm this trying is to recall. Like. Um, I don't ever, I don't, honestly, I don't remember eating myself. <laughs> No wonder you guys got along. <laughs> because, you know, I mean, we were so used, I was used to using drugs. Does that take away your appetite? Yeah. I know there's the stereotype of the, you know, rail thin junkie and whatever. Right. So yeah. that's just kind of true. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So I don't remember Another reason why she'd like hanging out with yeah. people like that because they're not going to pressure her. Right. To eat. Yeah. I never. You don't remember like I never once have, got on her about eating. Never. Yeah, I know. I never. I know. I know that never happened between her and I. But it wasn't a concern of but yours either. But it was either. somebody like my counselor at the treatment center was actually her counselor when she was there, and I would notice her saying things to her about it, and I would ask, you know, like what was the lady's name was Carol? What was what was Carol saying to you? Um, and you know, she'd be like, "Well, 
And then Carol will be like, you know, you guys don't need to eat something. I'm like, okay. You didn't take it seriously. Like, this is a life-threatening eating disorder. Well, I was. I had no you idea. You did Right. What, did, what was Cal's opinion of it? Did she understand yet? No. At that age that this can kill me? <coughs> no. You don't think that when you're that young? No. Wow. Yeah. You, you just know. get your comfort wherever you find it. You don't judge. Right. This is getting me through. Yeah. I can picture her just saying, like, it's not me that has something wrong. Just food is disgusting. Mm-hmm. Why does anyone like it? I just am so curious because my first day with her that we really hung out an entire day at her house was Sunday, August 12th, 2012. I remember it because it was our first hug because I'm a fucking smooth criminal. Yeah. And that's how I rolled. No, we did have our first <laughs> hug that day. And I was waiting for her to get hungry because <laughs> I'm not like You're you like, two. Ah! And I was waiting for her to offer me something to eat because I'd been in her house all day. Yeah. And I was like, she's got to have lunch at some point. Right. I, had, I hadn't had lunch, and I got over there at like 2 p.m. I was already kind of hungry for maybe a late lunch. It's 5, it's 6, it's 7. And I'm like, does this person get hungry? Like, I'm not going to leave because I like her, and I want to see whatever I want to see. Mm-hmm. See, I mean, I didn't really think I had any chances, but I'm, if this is my only day I'm ever spending with this person, she's going to have to throw me out the front door. <laughs> right. And, uh, and so I'm hanging out, I'm hanging out, we're talking about music. And just life and everything. And I'm like, is she going to get hungry? Like, what the fuck is going on here? Right. And she had said, what did she say to me? She said, uh, uh, I put alarms on my phone to remind me of when people eat. Because there's a disconnect between my brain and my stomach. I don't experience hunger. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh. And I thought nothing of it. I was like, okay, well, is the alarm going to fucking go off? Because I could use a burger. Right. <laughs> I was like, well, when does the alarm go off? Because right. I'm hungry. In my head, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. I think I just said, oh. Get the music behind the mission. Hate Becoming by Kelly Nicole on iTunes and Spotify. Well, if you guys haven't checked out the merch table, join the movie. Buy the album. Get your Kelly Nicole band merch and donate what you can at kellynicolefoundation.org. Courage is from Amplified!